Hello and welcome to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and I am so excited today. We are talking about development. Have you ever thought about, you know, why does my child not behave socially? Like, it doesn't seem normal. Something's not right. Or are you getting reports from the school, you know, having to visit with the teacher? And there's just this learning uh, development that your child seems to be behind. And not that we compare our children to others, but it is hard to do. I mean, it's hard not to do, actually, when you even have siblings. I know for me, I have four children, and I see the difference in the personalities. And I'm like, why does this child get it? But then that one doesn't. So today I'm really, I'm super excited because I'm actually on location and I'm here at a brain balance center here in Valencia. And I'm going to be talking to the co-owner and center director, Rebecca Ivat, about the whole, this whole, it's like a new age way of working with our children instead of medicating them. We got work to do. So let's get started. You're listening to Family Planet 365, and I'm your host, Melina Jackson. Today's show is actually brought to you by Eternal Valley Memorial Park and Mortuary. I know, I know, who wants to talk about a memorial park or death even, but you got to give the people at Eternal Valley a call because they'll take good care of you, especially at this time in your life when you might be losing a loved one or perhaps you're ready to plan your own memorial service. Sounds crazy, I know, but make sure you visit the website at Dignity Memorial. Dot com. All right, so with me today is Rebecca Ivat. She is the co-owner and center director for Brain Balance Centers here in Valencia. Welcome, Rebecca. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a um, pleasure to have you here in our center. Thank you for having me. And you just gave me an amazing tour. I must say, though, out the gate, I'm a little overwhelmed because I did go on the site and do a little research before sitting down with you today. And I read that it takes three days a week to come here and get, I guess, um, help for your child. Tell me a little bit about how did you get into this business and what is this business? Because it's new for me. Um, it's not going like going to the doctor. You know, my child has a learning disability. What can I do? This is new. So in bare bones, what would you say? What is Brain Balance Center? Okay, um, Brain Balance Centers, um, we work with children who are struggling. We work with children who struggle academically or socially or emotionally or behaviorally. Um, we work with children who have diagnosis. Um, a diagnosis could be dyslexia, dysgraphia. A diagnosis could be Tourette's, ADD, ADHD, autism. Um, we work with children without a diagnosis who simply are here with their parents because they know that there is something and they are really avoiding having their child labeled by the school or any developmental specialist. They want to know what can be done to address their behavior issues or my child is just can't read. He's, he's wonderful. He's athletic. He's just, he's just unable to learn to read and we've tried everything. We've tried tutors. We have people that have been through every state and school program that are still um, not ha happy with their outcome. Mm -hmm. um, they have been given a lot of tools. They have been given a lot of counseling, and in in many many cases, they've been given a lot of medication. Medication, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was my path too. Um, but brain balance is a different approach. We are not 
about helping your child cope with a diagnosis or cope with the way they were born or this is who they are Mm -hmm. we're going to help you cope with the deck of cards they were dealt in this life okay we're about going in and fixing their deck of cards so that it's the same as everybody else's we're about looking at the root cause of the behavior the academic um, the emotional issues why is that child um, impulsive and violent why is that child you know, have severe anxiety and attention span issues. And we actually have a way and an assessment that we do here that can identify um, possible um, primitive reflexes that are active um, and other issues. When we talk about the two words brain balance that make up the title of this company, it's literally about balancing the brain because our brain is is in two pieces, two separately processing pieces, a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere. Connecting these two pieces of our brain is a fabric called the corpus colostrum. And our brain has is supposed to network through this fabric, talking the right to the left. We are sh- we should be networked, mm-hmm. like two computers processing at the same speed. If they are networked, technically, whichever computer you're on, you're on the other as well. They work as one. You you have instant access to all information. Um, our brains need to work that way. We need to be balanced, the right to the left hemisphere, so that we can network in the center. Going back to the two computers, if mm-hmm. those two computers processed at two different speeds, if they were two different processing speeds, you would not be able to network them. Okay. You could send an email yeah. from one computer to the other, but there would be no instant access. It would all You would have to reach out and send for and get responses to the request for information. We need to be networked through the center of our brain. And what happens in some cases is one hemisphere is processing faster than the other and that occurs when one hemisphere achieves a greater maturity level than the other hemisphere through development a child could be born gifted from very smart families Mm -hmm. we know that we have off the charts diagnoses of autism in places like silicon valley and that would be because um the people that work in silicon valley are very gifted Mm -hmm. left brainers your logical linear literal analytical people they will tend to have logical linear children those are very strong left hemispheres so we have a gifted child born with a strong left before anything starts being developed so then what can happen because of the environmental change that we live in today Mm -hmm. compared to when you and i grew up because i would like to step back to look at when you and i grew up okay i'm 1977 okay well i i graduated high school a year later so wow i was born in 1960 but i mean i know that I know that you and I played outside. Yeah, we drank out of the water hose, exactly. everything. Exactly. I mean, I climbed on the house. Yeah. I've been up a telephone pole. Amazing how right. things change. Exactly. We heard more bird song. Mm-hmm. We played softball on a wet lawn. Hide and go seek right. all day. We had more bug bites. We yep. had more scratches, more sunburns. We had more environmental stimuli okay. from the environment. Um, the toys that we played with um, as Were simple. Right. Uh, wooden spoon, pans, mm-hmm. measuring cups. And we didn't have bouncy chairs or bumbles, for heaven's sakes. Um, we didn't spend very much time um, even in play pens. We actually mm-hmm. scrambled across the floor to play with that wooden spoon. We, didn't, we weren't bombarded with primary colors and chimes and lights, these activity centers that these children now are hammocked in where they can be safe and contained while they explore and play with different toys that are repetitive movements over and over. This wheel goes round and round. Yeah. This button goes beep, beep, beep. We are, we are actually stimulating their left brains. And more than that, the, um, the developing nature of our, 
electronic influence in our lives, mm -hmm. right? The smartphones, the iPads, mm -hmm. the video games, television too. All of that is two-dimensional visual interface. You and I are sitting here now looking at each other in 3D. So we are using oh. both hemispheres of our brain okay. to visually communicate with each other as we speak. As we go to our computers or as we interface with our smartphones or our, our iPads, we are actually then just communicating only with our left hemispheres. That okay. two-dimensional visual interface is left hemisphere stimulation. It's like exercising one muscle over and over. So if you put the two together, less environmental stimuli, and then the increase of technology in the lives of our children, we are creating a left gifted child, but left gifted to the extent that the network stops between the two hemispheres. So is that how, because I was gonna ask you that, you said we're born with a left and right hemisphere mm -hmm. and they have to talk to one another. Yes. So I thought of that as being connected. So yes. my question to you is gonna be, how are we becoming disconnected? And you just explained that mm -hmm. based on where the children are today as far as these um, activity centers and the primary colors and it's primarily um, feeding the left side right. versus both sides. Well, repetition and, and too much structure and things going over and over and over will just, will just develop the one hemisphere. So if you, get, if you get too fast in one hemisphere, I mean, you and I, might be stronger right or stronger left, mm. but not to the extent that we've gone years apart. Right. And I'm telling you, the children that we're seeing today coming into our center with these severe issues and these families that I would say come in on fire, yeah. their children are completely disconnected in the center. I mean, they've actually done studies where they've done brain scans on groups of children with different diagnoses. Let's look at the right week kids. They've done diagnoses on kids with ADHD. They've seen a ton of electrical activity on the outside of the brain. It's all peripheral. Mm -hmm. What you're seeing is email because the network's oh, okay. not happening. But the reverse, a child with dyslexia. This is, that, mm -hmm. this is that incredible athlete, great communicator, but just can't learn to read. These are the kids that are always at the tutors, just can't seem to get mad. Mm -hmm. Reading is beyond them, but they are just wonderful personality and great athletes, great timing, great interpersonal communication skills, but academics elude them. And those kids are left weak. And they've done the same kind of brain scans on that group that would be technically called dyslexic, again, activity all peripherally on the outside of the brain. So these kids are sending email because one hemisphere or the other is processing at a higher rate of speed. And it processes at a higher rate of speed because it's actually matured more. You have more wrinkles on that side, you have more Ooh. development, and it's actually electronically processing faster. And when it's processing faster, it can no longer talk to that slower process yeah because it, it has to catch up right and at brain balance we work with the child that is right weak and we work with the child that is left weak but the initial uh, research to develop this program was dr malillo and he was looking at what what is different about the brain of a child with adhd what is different oh, okay. and it didn't look any different mm -hmm. but you had all of this electronic activity and the network not happening and he started to look into deeper into that and then he found autism in the same hemisphere weakness and then he found ADD mm. and then he found Tourette's and OCD and all of these and ODD all of these things were all a right processing hemisphere deficit and so then he wanted to look at well what is the reverse what if we were gifted here and weak in the left and then he found that's where you know dyslexia resided so but all it, of these I, things are about 
a difference in the processing speed between two hemispheres, the disconnect of that of that networking ability. Uh, but did that happen at birth? Is no. that something? Because I've always thought that autism, dyslexia, ADHD, you're born that way. No, not necessarily. There are so many there are so many people out there looking at vaccines and other yeah, people because oh, we've had this things. huge regression at this certain uh-huh. age. I do believe that they are definitely genetic components to a lot of these, but it just exacerbates the issue. My son's father was a high-functioning autistic, so I had a very gifted left brain child because I had a very gifted left brain husband. And then I did something unusual that I shouldn't have done. I put my baby on baby Einstein. I wanted oh to make a smart baby. And You're I, saying that you I, shouldn't have done that? I absolutely should not have. Oh my goodness. I intensified my son's autism by then in, by then starting left brain development in a left brain gifted baby. Got it. So, so now you're automatically making that left side stronger. Yes. And so they then if talk. he and if he was only slightly disconnected or wasn't quite disconnected, we we totally put the nail in that coffin. Wow. But I mean, it's not Einstein. You have to know about right brain and left brain development. It actually from birth to 3 years of age, we are in right brain development only. Okay. And then at three, when that verbal really starts taking off, we're actually in left brain for a while, then it'll go back to right brain development. So I will say to every mother of a baby, or every mother carrying an unborn child, or thinking about having children, that child should have no screen time, nothing, until after three, ever. Three years old? Absolutely. Don't even, Three months? No, three years. Do not even let that baby sit on your lap. Do not hand them your phone. Do not hand them a tablet with, with Barney on it to keep them out, because we are supposed to be wow. developing right hemisphere only for those first three years. And this is in utero to the, through the first three years. Right brain stimulation, environment, let them crawl, let them explore. You know, baby proof as much as you can, but really get them out of the bumbles, get them in the dirt, get them in the sunshine, wow. develop their right hemispheres. We are, we are seeing increases in allergies too. Yes, Again, everybody's I, allergic to everything. That's... I did not know a person allergic to peanuts in my life Me until either. I grew up. Thank you. But again, the left hemisphere, which we're talking about is getting too strong these days, is also our immune response. Okay, Okay. so if your left brain is your gas, as far as everything, Mm -hmm. and your right brain is your break, as far as everything. So your left brain would be your immune response to pollen, to food, to, to virus. Your right brain would inhibit response. So if your right brain is too weak, so that's your break, and it's too weak, say the break of a tricycle, do you think the tricycle is going to be able to stop the train in no. the left? So you're going to over-respond to every pollen, every virus, every oh, everything. These left strong kids end up with eczema, with asthma, with allergies to everything because they are over-responding, overreacting, inflammation. We need to give the right brain the development to be able to inhibit some of that response because um, the right brain just doesn't check you emotionally because the right brain is the, is the savvy for interpersonal communication. It's, okay. the, it's the voice will tell you, hey, don't talk to mom right now. She's sad. It's not a good time to ask for what you want. You need to not stand so close that person looks uncomfortable. Okay. Or remember that's not 
that's not the way you would want to say that. That would be rude. That's your right that's brain. That's your right brain. Yeah, the left brain is what I want, when I want, right when now. I want it. Exactly. And what I like and what I'm interested in, it's your gas and it's your positive brain. Your right brain's your negative brain. But you really need Both. to check yourself. Yeah. You know, not just emotionally, but as you know now, mm-hmm. for your immune system, you need that check and balance. So I like what you said about allergies. It's like it's over, what did you say? It's over over-responsing. Mm-hmm. over-responsing. It's an over it's an over response to an allergen or to a virus or and so you you have you have the inflammation you have the eczema um you have these horrible things things that really honestly for me i always think about them like they didn't exist when i was growing up we didn't know about it because our right brains were more developed all right well if you're society uh we do have that left week kid out there but predominantly more than 80% of the kids coming to see me need my help to develop their right right brains. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson, and I am here talking to Rebecca Ivat, who is the co-owner and center director here at Brain Balance Centers in Valencia. And we are talking about your child's brain development and what you can do to balance the left and right brain. So, Rebecca, talk to me about how did you get into all of this? This is a lot. How did you get into this? What's your story? It's huge. Um, I'm the mother of a child um, who is autistic with ADHD and oppositional defiance. We had our autistic diagnosis by three and a half. Okay. And so I started right into the specialist preschools. I mean, I had an older child first, so I had my neurotypical child. And then I had my autistic child. So I knew pretty early on that something was very different about my son. Um, Wait, what's neurotypical? Neurotypical is... um, the goal a very a very level neuro okay. neurologically level child that that um has some strengths and weaknesses but is considered normal okay got it would be in gen ed you know uh as able to have have peer conversations my my daughter um you know developed normally okay and so i had her as an example mm-hmm. and so when my son came along um he was he was actually in an infant study program just because i knew a psychologist who needed a baby to study okay and he was actually considered the most gifted child in the study oh. and that should have maybe tipped me off yeah okay but um as he started to develop and and learn speech too early um, and speak very clearly and use really big words and but he was very echolalic so echolalia is when a child's speech pattern is just repetition i would say hello he would say hello how are you how are you what's your name what's your name i had a beautiful curly-headed parrot and he could say anything and say it with the exact inflection he could remember um and repeat back commercials and what songs and any but what people were saying um, and he was very inquisitive about his world but he was talking but he didn't know what he was saying okay I mean, and I'm looking at him, and he's repeating these things back, and he doesn't know no, what he's, he's saying. saying. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. I mean, even he would study you and try to gauge your response to. Okay, he would stu- so he can pick it up. Like he'll know. Yes, he. How to that's inflict. how he learned everything was mm-hmm. by modeling. So I had to be really careful. I learned really on that he could not watch SpongeBob. Or he was SpongeBob, so I had to really make I think sure. Every parent in the world is oh. going through that, though. I mean, yeah. I, we think it's normal. Like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, well, he literally would could mimic anything that he that he would listen to. So he had that kind of modeling kind of behavior. But I mean, as as he grew and we we went into the different programs. I mean, we did we did everything. I mean, we did 
you know, ABA, we did occupational therapy. Um, he had speech just for the echolalia piece. Um, and at what age? Like still three and a half? Um, he was in a special preschool before okay. kindergarten okay. where he we were working on his behavior because he was very um, colorful and and he was very energetic, very hyper, okay. um, very non-compliant, um, but gregarious and funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just, but he was like... He could make like car sounds and machine gun sounds and, and, you know, and he was very dramatic, always pretending like he was passing out or, or, you know, just to make people (laughs) laugh. I had the class clown. People have asked, what is it like raising him? And I said, I don't know. Maybe we talked to Jim Carrey's mother, but he was just, he was just, my son was just so over the top and a class clown and he was very disruptive. So he had to have a one-on-one aid by kindergarten. So that aid was with him for the first couple of years. The teacher's always pounding me to put him on meds because he was, he just wouldn't stay in his seat. He was always seeking attention, always talking. Um, but for as a mom, though, so let's, you're a person, you're, yeah. you're a woman, you have feelings, you're a mother. What did that do to you? Like, did it, you sound like you were just able to just roll with the punches, get, you know, get them help. Did that do anything emotional to you? Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the hardest thing for me was to watch my son be excluded. Okay. To watch children look at him with discomfort, for the kids at church to get up and move, so till he was the only one on that row, oh, um, yeah. that was heartbreaking. You know, I, um, you know, I've had a lot of emotional days where I would watch him walk to school and walk up and try to engage other oh, kids in gosh. conversation, and then just yeah. look at him funny, and then him just try to make the best of it and start skipping by himself, and and I'm just just devastated. You know, the the party invitations that never came. Okay. You know, these kids are excluded because they're odd. Whether, you know, because a, a same child with high-functioning autism could be even violent. My son didn't technically go that route, but he was over the top and made other kids uncomfortable. He invaded their personal space. He would touch them, drum on their back, because he, he, he craved that physical contact. But I mean, I had wonderful friends that would help me. I mean, I had a friend with a very sharp little boy, and he helped me potty train my son, because I knew what kind of kid I had. I knew that I couldn't talk him through this and or bribe him through this. He needed to model. So I had a friend who would give me those play dates that I needed, and her son would model the behavior that I needed, and that helped me to potty train him. And, and over the years, I have made allies of mothers with neurotypical sons to help me. Because um, when my son would play with kids that were also on the spectrum, though he had a lot of fun because they understood each other, um, it could intensify his negative behavior, you know, and the, and, and the unusual, you know, way that he looked at life. So, I mean, we we're in a very unique community that has a lot of programs for high functioning autism. This is the only school district that I know of anywhere that has an um, SC7 program, which is like an Asperger's program. So if you're ever familiar with the Big Bang Theory, imagine that in junior high and high school, this group of nerdy guys, you know what I mean? You know, it was interesting because you look at them and my son and I would always joke, okay, is he more of a Kuthra Polly or is he totally a Sheldon? So we would talk like that about his friends. But um, I didn't find brain balance until AJ was 15, still okay. in the wow. SC7 program. So you were out here, you were in the Valencia area, oh, yeah. Santa Clarita. I was here by the time AJ was in kindergarten, yeah. Oh, so you're local. Okay, I, I thought you just moved here from some other place oh, and no, started no. this. Okay. No, I, I have brought brain balance to my community. Got it. That makes sense. So. It's all coming full circle now. That oh, makes yeah. sense. Because I was thinking about, you said you found other moms who had neurotypical, neuro, yeah. neurotypical sons, yeah. right, or kids. Yeah. And you created your community. 
And I think that's so important as moms. Like, we don't have to do it on our own or try to figure it out alone. You actually reached out. I did. I did. And And I've had some very, very good friends whose kids have been great sports. I mean, going into scouting, Cub Scouts was a nightmare. But by the time we got to Boy Scouts, I found a group of boys and I met with them. Um, one-on-one without my son there I brought him brownies we talked about autism and I told him this is who AJ is because at his first experience at camp with them nobody wanted to share a tent with him and he came home kind of sad so I went and I talked to them and I'm like I'm like boys this is what's going on with AJ and this is what it looks like and then I took questions and then these boys are going like oh okay my son has a fine motor problem tying knots was very difficult for him so it takes him longer to put up or take down his tent and so he tries to get out of it and so then the boys are like well can I help AJ put up his tent and and I said well that's the thing I said I want you there to encourage him but no like this he, baby needs, he needs to do it himself but what I'd like you to do is have patience with him and to and to encourage him and and just to have patience with him and and model appropriate behavior and kind of tell him when he needs to turn it down in a loving way and I'm telling you these boys now they have shown up for my son everything he's ever done because he's gone to a different school because that's where the other Asperger program was if he he's been in a play this entire group showed up when his father passed away this entire group of kids went to another city to be there for him so talking to them that very beginning Mm -hmm. they all decided that AJ's ours and so they've you know they've they've just been his his posse since then I mean he has his he definitely has his nerd pack okay he does but he's got this other group of neurotypical kids that have have mentored him continually at church at scouts um and then have supported him in his extracurricular too that's awesome that's that's uplifting I like that because you in the media you only hear about kids bullying but you don't hear stories like that oh yeah well I think so many of us um can be ashamed of our child's behavior and we'll tend to pull away and not put them out there or we fight to get them included but I think there are so many good kids out there if you just reach out to them and let them know and challenge them okay. to be that guy and, and be that big brother or be that role model. I mean, I was, take it, it wasn't just one. Wow. He's got like five. Wow. It wasn't just one of them. And so, the you know, there was a couple of real stars there, but then the other boys saw the good, you know, the exemplary behavior in the two that were amazing to AJ. Then they all started to want to be that, yeah. want to be that guy. Well, I want to be, mm-hmm. wanna, they fight over who shares a tent with AJ. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, amazing. I like, I so like that. It's a blessing, and it's, and it's not it's not typical because uh, there are a lot of horror stories out there, but I would challenge moms to go out and try to bake, bake a pan of brownies, meet with them one-on-one, you know, tell them what's up, ask, you know, offer them information, take questions, um, and, and let them know always how much they mean to you when, as, as they mentor your child because these kids need a lot of mentoring. Um, but as far as when brain balance came into my life, it was yeah. actually the mother of one of these boys okay. um, said, you know, we love you. We love AJ. And this book helped my friend in Utah. Okay. She had one child that was severely autistic, the other one with ADHD, and it changed everything for them. You should read this book. And the book is called Disconnected Kids. Okay. The author is Robert Melillo, M-E-L-I-L-L-O. I'll say it one more time. It's very important. Disconnected Kids by Robert Melillo. 
Um, and I'll include the link. Oh, yeah. Bookstores carry it. It's on Amazon. But so I read the book, and the science in there made complete sense to me, talking about the different hemispheres and, and what a, a right hemisphere deficit looks like because they were talking about my son. It was like Dr. Malillo knew wow. my son. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to know where they were imploring this science into fixing the problem and where I could find this kind of therapy. Okay, so wait. So you said fixing the problem. Does brain centers really brain balance? Brain, brain balance does it really fix the the problem? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, go ahead. So continue. So no, and it's pretty huge. There, I mean, there are organic components in autism. There could be certain areas of the brain that are hardwired genetically. Um, fragile X looks like autism only. It is a a major hardwire. Of, and you see autistic symptoms, but there's much more than that. It's organic, like Down syndrome's organic, right? What does that mean? Organic meaning born with certain areas of the brain that are different, that you can't change, okay. that, are, that, are, that are wired differently, that are, that are different. It's a different kind of tissue. There, there, there are pieces missing in Down oh, syndrome. Okay. There are areas of the brain that are completely different. So if, if it is about neurological development, if it is about an underdeveloped right hemisphere or left hemisphere, if this is about neurology, that is what we do every day. If this is about development, that is what brain balance does. So we have a very extensive assessment process that we can find out where this child is developmentally. We're talking about, it's, it's all about neuro- neurology here, but we're going to check that child's um, dominance profile to see if primitive reflexes are still active and primitive reflexes this is a big deal because no one no one is looking at them no. the doctors check to make sure your baby has them but no one is making sure mm-hmm. they're gone that they've laid down that they've submerged and if they are still active there are problems and because again the change in the way we are developing the change and the lack of stimuli um, with our large motor with with the environment we yes. are seeing more and more kids with active primitives so we are testing for eight eight that affect development and I will explain one primitive to you so you everyone will go oh okay primitive reflex you know how a baby knows how to nurse when they're born yeah that's you a beautiful stro- thing. I know you stroke their face they yes. turn their head and they suckle they know how to nurse mm-hmm. that is called the rooting reflex Okay, the palm or grasp. If you ever put your finger in a baby's mm-hmm. palm, they grasp it tightly. Mm-hmm. That is the palm or grasp reflex. Those are just two of the eight we test for. But if a child just two of the eight, we test for eight of them. Okay. And so I will tell you what the palm or grasp looks like in an older child. If that baby is, if we test that child and we and we stroke that child's palm in a certain way and he grasps tightly, that is a very strong primitive grasp reflex, and it will make. Pencil grip, very difficult for that child. Writing, very difficult for that child. Tying shoes, difficult for that child. Intertwined speech and hand movement, difficult for that child. Speaking and gesturing, difficult for that child. And that's only one. There are several others that are postural reflexes that affect the development of visual processing. Kids who are academically brilliant, but there's something going on visually. There's two different primitives. If they are still present, those are foundations for the development of the way the eyes process. So um, there's so many different primitive reflexes that affect development. There's one that affects anxiety. Oh, really? So, so it's not basically, because I did do a show about, like, you know, how to deal with anxious children or if they're afraid all the time. And I came from a place of the parents are putting out that energy. But you're saying something different. I am saying something different. 
We, there's there, the startle reflex is when a baby throws their arms directly out to the side and startles. If yeah, that I've reflex, that. Uh-huh, oh, of course, um, the doctors test for it. They'll take that baby in their arms, they'll, they'll take the head in their palm, and they will drop it quickly and bring it back up, and the arms will come out, the baby will cry, their body becomes stiff, and that is called the Moreau reflex. If it is still active in an older child, that child is anxious and it's not anything they can help. This is an amplified sympathetic nervous system. That child is in fight or flight 24-7. That child will not REM well. That child will be worried about everything, worried about things they don't need to worry about. They will be impulsive. They can be aggressive. They can be timid. The same child can be timid and aggressive depending upon who they're with. They They will be on guard all the time and it affects their attention span they will be wondering who's on the phone what are they saying what's going on who's outside i mean and because once they know then they can they can let that go Uh, a strong moral reflex or a severe moral reflex can develop into ocd okay and got um, it and and as far as i know all bipolars have it so what does that tell you yeah so it's a very it's very it's the it's the worst one because it, this is a child that's not going to have peace and they can just become very amped because they're going to just overreact. Yeah, they're always on guard. No, like well, their their levels are already up here instead of here, so they're going to overreact. Every everything's a big that. deal. Everything's a big deal because they're it's an they have a faster resting heart rate. This is an elevated oh. sympathetic nervous system and it's wired there because their Moreau is still active. That sounds dangerous. It is. It is. Gosh. But, okay, Rebecca, so we have the center brain balance. Yes. But how does a mom or a dad or a parent know that this is where they should be? Well, how do, how do you, because you think about it, it's like, why don't we all know about this? Why isn't this everywhere? Well, I mean, it is, hear, it's growing, though. It is becoming it's, everywhere. But as far as more people knowing about it or even insurance covering the costs, because this, is this covered in your benefits package? Like, can we call a brain balance center and say, I want to start you know, um, treatment for my child who is it has an IEP in school and they're constantly social behavioral problems. I want to start treatment. How does that work? Well, and I the sad thing about California is we well I think nationwide we are not covered by insurance, but this is being piloted in a couple of elementary schools in the Midwest. Oh, good. Okay. Okay, and there are two other states that if IEP will pick up half of the program. But the bummer is in California, where where all of we pioneered the autism research. Okay. It all happened at UCLA. That we are not the first ones to embrace this. Um, my goal is to have us become a preferred vendor of the regional center. My goal is to be covered by insurance. But it's very difficult for all therapy that does not prescribe medication exactly. to be covered by insurance. Exactly. You're not driven by that those dollars. No. No, and so we're, and we're about fixing fixing the problem. So we're going to have some pushback. So, um, but the state needs to know okay. that we will save them a ton of money, a ton wow. of money. Because if you look at my son having to have a one-on-one aid, how much yes, is that? Yes, that's right. OT, PT, you know what I mean? Speech, all of this special preschool, special classes, counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, medication, all of it, all of it. We fixed that in six months, and he was going through that for 12 years. Look at the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, ABA has its place, and it's very, very important. But we're about, 
stimulating the neurology to fix the problem. Do we getting need, to the do we root. need can, counseling? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think this is the future of OT, but I don't know how many years it will take to get there. I hope Brain Balance is going to be a pioneer there, and we will be embraced. Um, but we're, I'm, I'm, I'm here to talk to the parents who are having trouble now. Their kids can't wait. Okay for this to be recognized on a national level. Mm -hmm. When you say um, that you're just hearing about it, because we are new to Valencia. I mean, when I found the program, I found it in Encino. I drove my son to Encino for six months, three times a week. Three times a week. Three times a week. And we were doing exercises on his primitive reflexes on the days we weren't in Encino. He was on a special dietary program. We took supplements. But, you know, he was on medication when he started. And I, as a mother, made the call to take him off. And yeah, because at, we at Brain Balance will not tell you to take your child off okay. medication. That's your call between you and your doctor okay. and your child. But I'm giving you my experience. After three months, I wanted I talked to my pediatrician and the psychiatrist that was supervising the medication, and we took him off. And and by the time we took my son off, he was on the highest level of an amphetamine you can come prescribe by oh, law. Oh wow! And so I know that I've. I've helped his long-term health by doing it, and we did not have any repercussions. And this is my story and my child, but we have never gone back, never looked back. Wow. And that was how long ago, Rebecca? Two and a half years. Wow. So after three months is when we made the call to take Mm. it. And we let Brain Balance know, okay, just so you know, heads up, we're taking him off meds. But then everybody's waiting to see the fallout, to see if he was going to start climbing up the, the walls, but nothing. Because we're balancing. Yes, he didn't need them anymore. So I look at it like brain balance center is like getting to the root of the the cause or the yes. issue, and then the medication, like you said, it's up to the parent. It's totally their call. Brain balance will not medication say get them off. Medication helps you cope. Medication yeah, it helps you is cope. It's like tool. putting a band aid on. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because I am, I like children to be drug free. But you have to do, as a parent, you have to do what's best for you and your family and yes, for the child. Of course. Um, and we respect, and, and we have many of our children that are attending our center are on medication. Many are not. Mm-hmm. So that, um, we just want the parents to know what we're doing. Okay. Because diet is a huge component. Oh, it is huge. Just, I, this, I know this could be a, a, a different show. You talk about the, the diet. Yes. What's one thing you would say that parents should absolutely get out of their child's diet, if you can say that at all, in order to help them just develop normally? Um, if you could go, I would say just, I would say the first thing, natural, um, get the dyes and the preservatives out of your child's body. Um, there are many countries where the food colorings are against the law, and we color goldfish, we color, color everything, and it's really awful for our kids. The other thing um, is, is wheat is gluten so so it is whether you're gluten tolerant or not like here's the issue gluten is inflammatory for every human it's an inflammatory substance naturally but it is it is much worse in some do you know what i mean intolerant is when you can't tolerate it at all but we are talking about when we're working on the neurology when we're we're making neural pathways when we're developing an underdeveloped area of the brain we want that tissue that we're working in and that system that we're working in to be the most uninflamed possible okay. the least amount of inflammation so we take out the chemicals so we don't have the spikes and we take out things that would cause inflammation because anything inflaming the gut or the joints is inflaming 
neurotissue is the most sensitive to inflammation. So we are taking out the inflammatories, why we work. Will what we do work if you don't? Yes, but it'll just take a lot yeah. longer and not to the same dramatic. Mm-hmm. You want you want it fixed. Mm-hmm. So why not just dedicate yourself, be all in, be do all what in. do what we ask you to do. And we have an entire program to help you on the nutrition. It's called Balance 360 and it's with our parents for 12 months. No matter if their child's only with me, three or six oh. months, that nutrition piece and that support is with them for 12. It's an online, um, there's two different phases to it. There's like a Facebook page where they can communicate to other parents and share recipes and good days. Um, but it's also another avenue to our licensed dietitian and nutritionist. There are recipes there. There are articles. There are, there's a lot of support. And there's emails and, and FaceTime if you need them. And there's, and there's phone calls. And there's, there's, um, there's lunch kits and, and so stainless steel water bottles and yeah. Oh, stainless yeah. steel. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh, okay. So they okay. get they get a cool lunch kit and they get a binder that has recipes in it, but places to to look for for help. But I mean that that entire portal there is there for them and there's so many tools there and it's very uh, easy to interface and you can go into the dietary portion and you could say okay right now we're off they click I'm off dairy I'm off gluten but we're vegan and you oh. can filter out some of the recipes because so they can be more applicable to you mm-hmm. so there's just all kinds of really neat things there and we've got a lot of um, I've met with the different food vendors and stuff because I'm attending these gluten-free and natural fairs uh-huh. and and they want to they're going to be sending we've got one amazing one I met with yesterday they're going to be sending us a kit to give our parents when they sign up because they want to introduce their products to you know to our families because mm-hmm. a lot of our families we're talking deer in the headlights yeah what, it's like what are they going to eat he only eats pizza and mac and cheese what what are we going to do what and chicken nuggets help, Peanut butter help. And jelly. exactly so i mean we but we know those staples because a lot of these kids the way they're wired their noses don't work right so they don't taste right their sense of touch is off so text their texture funny with food they gag easy we know all this so while we're working on the neurology it's going to get better your child's palate's going to improve they're going to stop gagging and throwing up they're going to stop being so picky they will start asking for foods because they're going to start being able to taste them and they're going to seek it you're not going Mm, to have to go just try it just try it they're going to go you know what can I have a bite of that? Mm-hmm. Or I, I tried a strawberry today. You know, it's going to be them making the initiative. It's not going to be you just saying, you have to eat mm-hmm. this. Just try it. Just try it. You know, it's, it's like they're going to want it. Well, then, Rebecca, what would you say to someone listening who thinks this might, this should be something to check out? What's the first step? The first step is that comprehensive assessment. It okay. will let you know one way or the other. If your child is neurotypical and they come in here and they're at the levels they need to be, I'm going to tell you um, there's something else going on emotionally um, or your child could, you know, I mean, there could be an illness because their neurology, they're, they're testing at levels. So, okay. But if they are not, if I am identifying a bunch of active primitives, if the child is clearly processing too quick in one and too slow in another hemisphere, and, and our tests are definitive. I mean, they're, we, are, we are pen lighting their, their pupils. We are spinning them and, and timing the nystagmus. We're looking at balance and timing and gait and core development. Um, we are testing their academics, yes, but we're testing their auditory processing, visual processing, their sense of smell, their sense of touch. We are, you will know your child okay. inside and out. It's a very, very clear picture of how well they are developed and where they're at. And you will see their, you will see their gifts. 
and you will see their deficits. And we will let you know after that assessment what we recommend if they do qualify for a brain balance program, whether they're looking at a three-month program or a six-month program or a nine-month program. There are some ballparks. Most of our kids do average about six months with us. Okay. Um, a lower-functioning autistic child, they need to be prepared to be here about nine months or longer if it's if it's substantially older child suffering from you know a, a deeper autism okay because again we we can give you two to three years of growth how how big's the deficit that's oh, what we're looking at yeah you bring me that. a six-year-old little bit of adhd going on there's about a three-year difference that's a three-month program you bring me a 10-year-old with tons of severe primitives um, that's got some five and six-year deficits that's a six-month program and then i know you mentioned um at with every program you get the balance 360 you yeah you get the nutrition kit you're going to get disconnected kids you get you get monthly progress reports okay yeah because i was going to ask that it's like after weight watchers like you do that then you go and do your regular life then what happens then so there are supportive material oh yeah to carry on i guess the training or the the therapy right well as soon as you enroll you have an orientation and at that orientation we will again go over these are the these are the primitive reflexes we've found active in your son to these degrees. We're going to show you exercises to do to get rid of them. Okay. We demonstrate those exercises. We then give you a DVD that reiterates the exercise. We give you music to play while you do the exercises. Wow. We give you a binder that diagrams the exercises and also lets you know these are going to be good games and activities for your child to play and to do. And then we're going to tell you these are activities and games you want to avoid. We're going to put a lid on that child's gift and we want you to do the best you can to, to slow the to slow the fast hemisphere at home too. Okay. So we want it we want to and then you know there's always the coaching as we go through to once you're done with brain balance, you now have the tools to know what you need to have a balanced life. Primitive reflexes, if they're truly gone, they usually just stay gone. If they come back a little bit, that's because they weren't all the way gone, and you'll know what to do once we've trained you. You come back at 12 months, we continue to document that progress and that trajectory. Okay, that's right, you have a 12-month checkup. Yes, you do. Um, It's it's rare when you need to come back, but if I told you your child needed six months, you came in for three, and at 12 months, we still had some work to do, we'd look at each other, and I would go, well, oh, what are you it's doing? Still, we still have this little bit. Are you, are you ready to address it? Are we, you know, are we good? You know, because oh, we're going to... Oh, okay. So that's, you know, but we will let you know what okay. you need. And you're going to be tracking it with us monthly. We have additional reports. We're going to be tracking that sensory, motor, and cognitive development as we go along. There are no surprises. Um, we're we're speaking to that teacher. You know, it's very. You're very supportive. Yeah, that's what I feel. You know, yeah. and then with Balance Three Sixty and the Facebook page, it's it's a real community, and it's we've had our first graduations, and they're very tearful. Uh, you, um, uh, the child that you saw earlier, she's yeah. having her post assessment. Okay. And that was um, a mom that came in, and she was our first assessment. She didn't enroll till a month after we opened because they were traveling over Christmas. Uh-huh. But she was our very first assessment, wow. and I went, I went, oh my goodness! I said, this this is hard. She goes, don't talk to me, Rebecca. I'm gonna cry. Oh. You know, I'm like, yeah, I I cry for different reasons, but almost every day. But saying goodbye is hard, but we just know that we've made a huge difference. Our parents are happy. Our children are thriving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, I know that we've made an impact and we've made a difference. And I'm doing for them, you know, what Brain Balance Encino did for AJ. I'm going to be doing for the children 
of Valencia yeah, and, and Wolfort. We we're the closest center for Antelope Valley and okay. Bakersfield and Oxnard and so we're we're getting kids from as far away as Ridgecrest. Nice. Wow. Yeah, we've assessed a kid from Apple Valley even. Oh my goodness. So, that is huge. So we're yeah, cuz we're kind of on the edge here yeah. of of LA County and mm. so um parts of Ventura County and and upper you know, upper other areas are coming this way. That's awesome. Well, awesome. I know um, we have, you can go to brainbalancecenters.com. Yes. And to, you put in your zip code and it'll direct you to the nearest, the center nearest you. Yes, it will. And I'm speaking to Rebecca Ivat, who is the co-owner and center director here in Valencia yes. at Brain Balance Centers. Thank you so much, Rebecca. You've given me so much information and I'll be sure to include the links in the bio for the show it ought to be included in the show so you can use that for um future re- reference if you're listening and today's show is brought to you by eternal valley memorial park and mortuary be sure to visit them at dignitymemorial.com thanks so much that's this week's episode of family planet 365 i'm your host melina jackson and remember you can have it all bye until next time